Welcome to the Wing Life Podcast, where we talk about all things wing foiling and the lifestyles of those that do this great sport. On tonight's episode, Introduction to Wing Foiling, we are talking with a dedicated group of wing foilers from around the globe. We will discuss what gear they learned on and their recommendations for beginners. Stay tuned and enjoy. Just to get everybody's thoughts, thanks everybody for joining us tonight. We wanted to do like an intro into wing foiling, kind of how to get started, what gear to use, and then obviously questions, feel free to be like an open format. So um, if anybody wants to kind of take charge, normally what we do in our group from the Eastern, it, it's it's Caribbean Tom, that is the uh, one of the high savvy technicals. So we could always let Tom and uh, have some insight. <laughs> I know that um, our friend Thomas here from Ottawa, he just started wing foiling. So he's gonna come with a completely different perspective. Same with Guy and then some friends from, uh, from as well as Noah. Noah and I were sailing at Nitnat this year, working on a bunch of stuff as well. So I think all of us come with this little breadth of knowledge from our different perspectives. So kind of stoked to hear everybody's story, um, how we all kind of got into it and then what gear we're, we're using and what we like about it. And I'm gonna throw it up in the chat, uh, the group tonight. And I might throw it on YouTube as well, just so we can have uh, a bit of exposure in that sense so people can quickly look at it, but. Yeah, it sounds like a great way of starting it off. So Luke, do you wanna give us your background and? Sure, yeah, uh, I can start off. What you're riding is this? Sure, I Go can around. start off quickly. Yeah, we, um, so I'm riding I'm a team rider for Dirty Mermaid Water Sports here on Vancouver Island. Um, I started riding for Jesse this spring. So I'm riding KT gear, uh, Kitabool boards, wings. I'm still on Armstrong foils. Um, I did ride the Maui Fin Company foils. Um, they are pretty awesome. I just haven't fully switched over yet. So it's my third season and um, it's been going pretty good so far. A lot of hours, a lot of hours, but so far it's pretty good. All right, maybe clockwise. Thomas. All right, Thomas here in Ottawa. So I, I began with windsurfing as my main sport since I was about 13. And then this, uh, this wing dinging thing showed up in the gorge when I was there. I, don't, I can't remember what year that was. And we all kind of poo-pooed it because everyone was struggling in that first year, a few years back. Um, but as soon as I saw a video of it, I knew it was going to be massive. Um, and we, we had sort of started doing some wind, fiddling around with some wind foiling with our windsurfers. And as soon as I saw wing foiling, I knew wind fo um, the wind foiling was going to die and a wing foiling was going to take over. So it took me some time to get the right gear. And so I think gear is really critical. And we can talk about that tonight for sure. Um, and it was... It's very costly, of course, to get the get good gear. It took me a while. Um, once I got good gear and I was ready to rock and roll this spring, I've just been going crazy with it. It's been really fun. All right, you're up, Noah. If you can, if not, we'll catch you after. Yeah, what's up, guys? Hey, I'm Noah. Um, originally from the UK, but now in Salt Spring Island. Uh, let's see, it's probably my second season, um, on Salt Spring we have light winds, so it's been tough to progress here honestly, so I've been traveling to 
really get the practice laps in, spend lots of time at Knitnet, of course, and pretty much anywhere else I can get the gear to. Uh, let's see what I've dabbled with different gear, of course, from large boards, kind of settling around 100 liter mark now. And I really like to use uh, Marty Chomix boards, aka Marty Man. He's a shaper <laughs> out of Victoria. And, um, you know, he's still practicing and he's still figuring it out. But I like to support the local talent like that. Hopefully we can get a high quality shaper in the community. Well, we have one, you know what I mean? But we just got to support him, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I write his boards. I write Sab foil foils, which I used to with kite foil. So that was a no brainer. And I have been on uh, Slingshot uh, Wings, the Sling Wing. And they're great. Uh, but I actually uh, just, I'm about to receive some wings from On Kiteboarding, which I think is another Canadian brand out of Quebec, slash designed on and tested on Maui. So I'm excited to try the On Wings um, any day now when they arrive. I think you'll be stoked on those. <laughs> a little biased input there sorry i'll uh, wait for my turn though <laughs> love it love to hear that it's obviously a smaller brand but um it's cool to hear some feedback totally. uh chris you're up next sure i'll just turn on my video here um sure. i'm a beginner so i'm in the process of acquiring gear uh so i have a kite i have a board and i'm, I'm planning to get a foil uh in two days or something like that or i'm hoping to anyways so um yeah i'm probably your least knowledgeable person here hey that's okay thanks for joining us thanks for sharing too all right caribbean tom oh hey tom are you there Maybe not. Um, all right, next would be Ange. We'll come back to Tom. Okay, maybe not. Can you guys hear me? Oh, there sorry about yeah. that. I was oh, that's uh, right, Tom. I was muted there for a little bit. Oh, that's all right. Couldn't find the unmute button. Um, yeah. So thanks for hosting this. Like, this is super cool. And yeah, welcome absolutely. to everybody that's new to the sport. Hopefully, we can help you guys out. Um, to get you set up and going. Um, I did the little shout out for on there when Noah mentioned it because I'm actually a team writer for them and I helped the product development um, for that company, which I'm pretty stoked on. It's something that I've been doing for the last uh, year and a bit. And we have some pretty cool things in the pipeline and even the products that we have now are pretty cool. So very cool that you got to know. I'm, I'd be really curious to hear what you, hear, uh, what you think of them. Um, I've been winging for four years now. So I got the first uh, prototype from Duotone because I was writing for those guys at the time um, about four years ago. And we got it kind of like fresh out of the gorge before everything was, before you could even get production ones. And, and that was really cool. That was a really sweet opportunity to be able to get on that early. And it was just, um, it was it was such a, unique thing to be able to do because we, we, were, we had been wind foiling quite a bit before that so the base was there and then you put the wing together with a with the foil and all of a sudden like wow you have this amazing combination that's so versatile um i remember in the first years that i was riding every 
people were kind of looking at me funny and being like, what is this guy doing? And then they started realizing that I'm always riding the same board and the same foil and the same wing. And they've spent half their session trying to decide what windsurfing sail to rig. Um, and they started <laughs> figuring it out, you know, from there, like, oh, maybe this is interesting. And then, you know, um, once you get on little boards and stuff like that, then it's a completely different feeling than you can have with any other sport that I've tried. Um, so it's really cool. And I think what's really neat about it is that it's a sport that works really, really well for average conditions in terms of average conditions that most of us have access to and to a lot of fun. So I think it's definitely going to keep exploding. I think it's a very accessible sport if you're on the right gear. And I think that it's something that is uh, only going to keep getting bigger <laughs> than it is now. Yeah, that's true. No, average conditions, you're absolutely right. Like um, even here sometimes when you're on a smaller lake and it's 15 knots, you got some small little rollers and you can kind of start to surf those and play around with them. And um, that, was a, that was a huge point. Um, well, thanks for sharing, Tom. We have Ange Lopez next, if you are available. And if not, we'll, we'll jump over to Sophia. Hi. Um, yeah, I'm Sophia. I'm based in Santa Barbara, just learning how to do this. I started in, uh, July. Pretty much, I mean, I'd done maybe a tow foil session before that, but yeah, it's pretty fun. We've got pretty light wind here in Santa Barbara, um, but yeah, I still got out a ton. I use a sling wing 4.5 most of the time. Um, just graduated down to a 65 liter Cloud Nine board, and oh, wow. I use a slingshot F pump, like a pretty big foil. It's like 1700 some years to what is that squared or <laughs> the area um yeah and i've gone i went up, i just went up the hood river tried that out like a week ago it was pretty cool but yeah just learning and it's awesome. cool to hear about all the new gear trying to figure out like what to get next so yeah thanks for putting this together yeah absolutely no thanks for joining us thanks for sharing all right adam you're up next hey uh good evening afternoon everyone um I'm Adam. I'm based in uh, Courtney, BC, and uh, no experience wind foiling. Just joined the local Vancouver Island Facebook group and uh, have been kind of interested in the technology. Um, recently sold a, a sailboat and um, bemoaning opportunities to get out on the wind and water. And so, yeah, just uh, interested in learning about where I might uh, try it out, check it out locally before I commit to gear. I do have to run in about 40 minutes, so yeah. We can, I'll message you after Adam. Um, I'm in Victoria right now, but I think I'll be going up to maybe to Comox before I head east. So I can always chat about a few spots and stuff. But um, yeah, absolutely. I think Ange and Robin, I think you're up next, Robin. I'm just, hey, Ad, I just wanted to yeah. send a quick note to Adam. Oh, Adam hey, Hit me up on Facebook. I visit and foil and Comox quite a lot because my in-laws are there. Um, so if you don't catch up with Luke, or even if you do catch up with Luke, let's hang out. I can totally point you in the right direction up in Comox. But basically, awesome. it's all about Goose Spit. Just go hang out at Goose Spit when it's windy, and you'll you'll meet the crew. Thanks to both of you. Appreciate it. And I'll, I'll awesome. uh, touch base with you. Cool. Thanks, Noah. All right, Robin, you're up next. Good, sir. 
Unmute. Got to unmute. There we Hi, go. everyone. Um, yeah, I'm Robin. I'm uh, local to the Victoria area. I've uh, seen uh, yourself there, Luke, a couple times at Ross Bay. Uh, saw you there last nice. night. I threw yeah. that pack in front of you. <laughs> that was a mean tack, man. That was really clean. <laughs> um, I'm also uh, go by unusually large Robin on Big Wave Dave for anybody that's on there. That's um, it. I've got, uh, I was a windsurfer forever uh, back into the 80s. And uh, then uh, wind foiling came along and I never bit, uh, watched my buddies do it. Um, tried it a couple times on their gear and uh, but right around that time there was also uh, these rumors of wing foiling appearing um, though there was nothing available or in production at the time and then I managed to get a probably the I, I thought I got the first production wing on the island back in 2019 um, and uh, the rest is history just became instantly hooked with it and uh, one of the founding members of the Ross Bay Foil Club. Nice, I got one of their shirts, it's awesome. <laughs> Going yeah. off mark. Yeah, so yeah, that's pretty cool because we've got fairly big turnout there. Like if we had like about 20 guys out there last night. So uh, yeah, it's a yeah. pretty active community and uh, more and more people from all walks of life are uh, getting into it. Nice, well, hey, thanks for sharing. All right, Carl, you're up next. Hey, everyone. I am in Scotland, so I don't have good video. Um, but uh, five years ago, I got the first uh, slingshot uh, foil from Silent Sports and started uh, wing wind foiling under my old Bic Techno because I didn't commit to getting a dedicated board. And it actually is a great way to learn. And I'm, I'm having success teaching people wind foiling who've been windsurfers on that long board that exits the water smoothly and then doesn't result in a catapult when they wipe out. Um, and then two years ago with the foiling that I'd already done, I got the wing. And this year I got uh, bored with foot straps and discovered that you can jibe infinitely if you don't switch your feet. And it's just, oh my God, what a feeling doing like 20, 30, 40 jibes in a row, um, staying up on the, the foil. And last Friday I jumped for the first time. Um, hey, nice. So for a guy that retired a year and a half ago, the sport just came at the exact right time for me to have something to, to learn and do. And most importantly, teach. I run a, a windsurfing school called the Lunchpad Windsurfing Academy up on Georgian Bay. And uh, that's oh, nice. my, my retirement passion. So, uh, Hey, that's cool. I had my first uh, wing foil student uh, get up and, and start winging uh, last week. So that's pretty fun. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for sharing. All right. I think we got Christopher next. Christopher's iPhone. Hi, everyone. Um, nice to meet you all. So it's, it's good to see a couple of uh, familiar faces on here already. <laughs> 
Um, uh, I'm based in Victoria, BC. Uh, I moved here about uh, five years ago from the Virgin Islands in the Caribbean, uh, where I've been kite surfing for a little while and, and surfing and really been missing water sports since being up here. Um, it's been a big part of my life that I haven't really been able to kind of really take advantage of. And, um, you know, I was a little bit intimidated about kiteboarding here uh, just because the beaches are a lot busier than what I'm used to. Wind's a little bit weird and just the additional, you know, safety aspects of it and getting people to help launch and land you. It's a, it's a bit tricky. My girlfriend didn't want to do it. <laughs> um, so yeah, wing foiling really appeals to me that you could just kind of grab the stuff, launch from anywhere you got steady wind and, and head out um, relatively safely. Um, so I've just, just recently bought some stuff. I've got a, a 5.8 Fanatic um, 125 liter board uh, and a five meter duotone kite. Um, I just, I got out once at Ross Bay when there wasn't enough wind <laughs> and kind of drifted around there. And then just this last weekend went out at Nitnat where, um, I was actually able to get up and foil and ride in one direction. So I'm hundred percent hooked and can't wait to get out there again. Uh, and yeah, I'm just really mostly stoked about what an awesome welcoming community and supportive community, uh, I've been able to find in it so far. So thank you guys very much. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for sharing. You got up pretty fast. I was very happy with it. Yeah, <laughs> good steady wind with it. So I had one jet ski lesson uh, a few weeks ago, which I think really, really helped uh, Bruno up and that uh, gave me a tow around. So that uh, made a big difference. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, I was teaching for Marie this spring a little bit. Um, okay. So I, I taught for the month of June at Nitnat and then I had to do online stuff. So I stepped away, but I'm glad Bruno was able to take you out. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. What a place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Good, sir. Peter, you're up next. All right, let's see if I can get this thing turned on here. Is that working? It is. There we are. How are you? Good, yeah. Yeah, so I'm in Ottawa. Cheese roll king of Ottawa. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I started, I was windsurfing back through all the 80s and uh, started kiting in 2000. Still kept windsurfing and kiting. Uh, started foiling in, probably kite foiling about six years ago. And I live on the Ottawa River, so uh, I have a lot of, I have lots of water that I use, but there's, uh, you know, launching issues. So kiting was never going to be the sport because, you know, high water, there's the trees right up to the water's edge and it's deep and stuff like that. So windsurfing kind of always was there for me. Uh, did some winging last year. Um, actually, I saw Tom this, the year before and went, oh surfing the waves okay now i get what it's all about because i'd seen it the gorge year before that and no one knew how to do it uh, <laughs> but yeah i was kind of injured uh, last year did, got like 10 days last year and then this year i think I, I'm, I'm probably pushing 50 days on the water so it's been hey, going good awesome <laughs> yeah that does sound like it's going good all right hey thanks for sharing peter yeah all right i don't um Guatam, I don't want to screw up your name there, but uh, you're up next, good sir. All right, let me just try and see if I can get this on. Sure. Can you see me? Or... Uh, no, we, we can't see you, but we can we can hear hey, you. Sorry, I can't figure the video on this iPhone, but. Um, yeah, I, I moved to Victoria about 10 years ago and uh, had kids and uh, 
I wanted to get into some water sport given that we so have so much access to the water. And I saw these guys windsurfing, uh, wing surfing uh, uh, in the beginning of summer. And I said, uh, I was on a stand-up paddleboard with the kids. And I said, now it's time to take this to a new level. And uh, it seemed uh, uh, easy when I saw people doing it, but I got a setup uh, in the beginning of the summer and uh, found it really challenging. And <laughs> I've been out about six or eight times and I haven't been able to get on foil yet, perhaps because I'm just going on light wind days. And also I made the mistake of getting a, a pretty small board. It's a 97 liter rock and roll from Ensis. And I'm about 80 kilos. And uh, in the first sessions, I could barely stand up on it without, you know, falling off, even even without foiling. So I'm really anxious to get some feedback and advice from uh, this really friendly group. Who I'm really glad to see today. Awesome. Well, hey, thanks for joining and and thanks for sharing. And we're going to get into that as soon as we hear from Mr. Gee up in the top left. Yes, sir. Hey, everybody. So I'm in Ottawa too with Thomas and Peter and sometimes Luke. Um, long time windsurfer. Uh, three years ago, I got into wind foiling. So I bought the slingshot board, the wizard and, uh, uh, you know, the um, 99 uh, front wing gear. And then the, uh, the wing foiling, I started two years ago last year and it was supposed to be like for light wind and keep the windsurfing for the higher winds. But as a lot of us know, you, you want to test yourself on the wing as you get better with the higher winds on your 4-2 wing. So I was on, um, I started with Armstrong uh, foils and this year I switched to F1. Um, yeah, mostly because I wanted, I was on the, the old generation one mass and stuff and I wanted to get onto the higher aspect uh, wings and stuff like that. But um, yeah, really, really loving it. You're loving F1? Yeah, loving F1. Awesome. And, yeah, it's fine. Okay. Cool. All right. All right. Well, we're all introduced. And um, so what did we want to cover first? Did we want to go over maybe boards of choice, size, according to kgs? And then uh, maybe we can go into foils after that, go into wings after that. I think we've all learned on different stuff. I started windsurf foiling at the start. I found for myself that was the easiest way to get into it if you have a windsurfing background because that sail is attached to the board and all you really had to do was lean back a little bit with a bit of speed and your foil would pop out. I was on a Wizard 105 and Tom was able to help me get started in that and then once I had a little bit of a foundation of foiling from there, taking the sail off and putting a wing on felt fairly natural. So, um, but maybe we could do a quick run around just to see what boards people have used and, um, and then what they liked about them. So I started the Wizard 105, I weigh about 150 pounds. It was 5'10", I believe. So just under six feet. And for me, for learning, it, it was awesome. Um, so that's, that's just my intro story, but we can kind of go free for all, I guess. It doesn't really matter who says, um, but we all can right. just kind of go one at a time. So I'll, I'll continue on that. So I, I started on the, the, the 150, the Slingshot 150, which was a huge board with a huge front wing. But, you know, Thomas and I are heavier riders and 
we, when it was appreciated the the extra float and stuff. And then this year I went down to last year I went down to a one fifteen, which was about a plus twenty for my ninety five kilos. And just in the last couple of weeks I've been down on a I'm on a ninety liter, which is a minus five, and uh, I'm handling that pretty well. So. And that took you. That was two to three years, Guy. What? Uh, your first your first oh. year was on the one fifty. Then you went down in season number two. Yeah. You were down to the one fifteen. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, just last couple of weeks on the on the ninety. Okay. And then awesome. and now that there's no bottom limit. <laughs> <laughs> Atta boy, right. you've worked you've worked hard. I'll, I'll go next. We'll keep the Ottawa crew going. Sure. Um, I just started this spring. I was just so happy to finally get a foil that was going to work and be able to afford that. Um, I had seen Luke and Peter and all the local guys here start to get a jump on me. So I really needed to get going. Um, I built my own board. Peter um, Williamson actually taught me how to build boards. He's really good at it. And, and we've passed that along to other people in the community. So there's a bunch of us building boards now in Ottawa. So I built a, uh, a 135 liter uh, wind foil board. And I don't think I even knew about wing foiling. I did a little bit of um, wind foiling on it, but never had the right foil for my massive size. I'm the same, I'm the same um, weight, 95 kilograms as ghee. Um, and then um, as soon as I was able to get uh, a good uh, access foil, a uh, nice big one. It's, uh, I think it's 1850 centimeters squared. It's um, their broad spectrum carb. It's an amazing foil for starting. Um, I just slammed that this, this uh, spring in the cold water on my big board, 135. And as soon as I got a windy day, um, I was off to the races. And then um, I immediately, um, I had already built actually a smaller wing foil board in anticipation. So pretty much right away, I went down to a 105 liter board and I've been riding that. And uh, I've just started construction on another one that's gonna, it's probably gonna be about the same volume, uh, about 100, but the, the design's gonna be totally different. It's gonna be a lot better. And I'm also gonna build a 70 liter board this fall. So it's been a really quick progression. All right, I'll, I'll chime in here on some uh, board size stuff a little bit too. Um, I did like some of the other guys said, I, I started off with a wind foil board just because that's what, that's what I had. And I would say for someone who's starting out, that's actually really good. It's not, not the kind of thing you're going to buy and spend a full season on maybe, but I, I had a wind foil board I built that was probably 110 liters, something like that. And I'm about 75 kilograms. Um, yeah, it's, they're flat, they're wide, they're stable. Uh, my brother and his daughter have been learning at the cottage this year. And, and I brought out my, you know, 100 liter wing board that I built. And my brother got going on that okay, but he, he was happy enough just to hang out. He's using my windfoil board because I don't windfoil anymore. But uh, they're very hard to jibe. They're, they're great for getting the feel for the foil and getting like easy lift off, straight tracking. There's a lot of swing weight up at the front because everything's set so far back that jibing is pretty hopeless. Um, well, it's not, I mean, it's, it's a lot harder to jibe or just there's a lot of swing weight up there. 
but for the first, if you can get your hands on one, there's a lot of people I think that started wind foiling that are switching over to winging. So if there's a, if you know someone with a wing foil board, sorry, with a wind foil board that's kicking around, I think that's a good option because it's a, it's a good way to get the first few runs on something that's stable and floaty, but I wouldn't shell out very much money for one of those. I'd see if I could borrow one because <laughs> it'll move past it pretty quickly, I think. Yeah, I'd give that advice to uh, Gantham, I think, who is struggling. Um, in my picture here, I'm on this uh, Stingray, the uh, Fanatic Stingray 140. Um, and I've got a Slingshot 99, so the, the massive front wing underneath that, or the foil. Um, and I'm using a six meter Deutone wing there. And that that's super easy. That's what I taught my beginner on last week. And with a bit of windsurfing background, he, he pumped and got up on the foil. And so he's had six wind foiling sessions and he was able to wing foil on the gear that you see in that picture um, in, in the first couple of minutes, he was going back and forth in both directions. So I'd agree a, a big old wind foil board is the best first wing foil board because you can stand on that um, and you're completely stable. You're not trying to balance. And then you just pump a little bit with the wing and point your toes and up you go. Yeah, that's a good point. Like one of my clients last year at China Creek on Vancouver Island, he bought himself, um, I think it was an old, an old racing board, like an old, it was probably 200 and some plus liters. So what we did for him to start off is we actually, because he was a little bit older, what we did is he started sitting on the board and then he went to kneeling on the board for towing. And then kneeling, we were able to get a bit of control to understand the basics of it. And then once we did that, he was able to try tr standing. From there, we were able to throw the wing on and then do that as well. So we kind of broke it down into small steps. But that big board was was amazing. Yes, it had a lot of swing weight, but oh, it was such a wide plank, like, and and so long and so much volume that it helped him out a lot. So um, it, it doesn't even really matter, I guess, for your first board, a, a cheap windsurf foil board seems to be like that's what most of us learned on i'm, I'm just gonna hop in here because I'm, I'm hearing a bit of um of a common trend from a lot of people and i think for people getting into the sport today in 2022 there's other options that are potentially a little bit easier to use than windsurf foil boards i as well uh, learned early on on a windsurf foil board just because there's nothing else available but actually, the first board that I got to use was this massive um, subfoil board, which was uh, about 145 liters and almost, I think, six and a half feet long or something like that. And, and that, in my mind, is actually the easiest thing to learn on. Uh, the reason being is that you have all the volume and all the length of these windsurf foil boards, but the foil is considerably far forward. And the volume is more balanced. So it ends up being that you're standing in the right spot as you're taking off. The board is just as stable, if not more than a one foil board. And once you're up in the air, as much as it's a really big board, it doesn't feel as big because you have a lot less swing weight. So it's a board that you can actually progress forward in a little bit as well. Fair. So I'd be very, you know, if I was somebody getting into this sport uh, with zero windsurfing, zero kitesurfing experience before, this is my first wind sport. 
uh, I'd be very inclined to recommend that kind of a board, a big subfoil board that, you know, you can then use to initiate uh, people afterwards, or you can just use it when the wind is really light because it remains a board that's still usable and still fun to use. And of course, if you actually have access to subfoiling conditions, which a lot of people do because it doesn't really take that much wave to make it work, then it makes a great subfoiling board. So in my mind, that's kind of the ultimate beginner board. Um, and there's a lot of, of kind of um, inflatable boards that are coming on the market these days that are being used as beginner boards as well. And my general spiel on those is that if you uh, live in a small apartment and drive a smart car or travel a lot, then that's an excellent option. But if you have the space for a rigid board, and you can find one for a price that's reasonable because the inflatables are a little bit cheaper for sure. Um, I do find the rigid boards are easier to learn on uh, than, than the inflatables. They, they have better glide on the water. And mostly when you touch back down, they forgive more. So the board will bounce off the water instead of kind of sticking like the inflatable boards do. And so that just makes it easier when you're learning. Um, I think for people that are learning, uh, if you're looking at a subfoil kind of board, if you're going with your weight in kilograms plus 40 or 35, that's probably kind of the sweet spot for that absolute beginner board. If you're somebody that has a little bit more experience uh, with wind, wind surfing and kite surfing, ideally kite foiling and, kite and wind foiling, then you can start with a smaller board. Um, if you're buying something new, then you can start with a board around plus 20, plus 25 liters to your, uh, to your weight in kilograms. And that's a board that you're going to be able to progress with quite a bit before you get off that board. You've got a while, uh, for most people, you've got at least a season, if not two. And even at the end of that season or two, that remains a really good light wind board. So I think that, you know, in that kind of range, of volumes that's probably what's going to be the most applicable for most people getting into the sport um i heard our friend i think he left now unfortunately but that was starting on a 97 liter board um when he weighs 90 kilos i believe or 85 kilos um that's really rough you know you're especially coming into it without any sort of uh, wind sport experience from what i understood that that's a really steep learning curve so I think, you know, not to discourage people from doing like that. I know that people don't want to buy a lot of boards and change them often. That's totally understandable. These things are expensive and you want them to get the most out of them. Um, but I, I definitely wouldn't recommend a board smaller than plus 20 um, liters to your weight in kilograms uh, for somebody just starting off. I think you're just asking for a hard time. otherwise. Those are good points, Tom. And, and Peter just threw something in the chat here, and I'm not sure if the recording covers the chat or not. So he said here that I think the common theme is a really big board for the first few days. I don't think there are any SUP foil boards in Ottawa, so it depends on what you have available. Um, so that's a good point, Peter. Definitely. I think that's why some of us learned on the, uh, on the Windsor foils, but that is a great, great point, Tom. And, and maybe... Um, so you were saying we were looking at 25 liters. Do you want to explain the weight to, uh, to liters ratio, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. So 
I think what, what's the easiest way to kind of compare board size um, to rider size is by looking at your weight and, and the volume of the board. And I think without getting overly technical, there's a lot of other aspects that make a board easy or hard um, to learn on. But if you're at least starting off with a reasonable amount of volume, then that's really a, a good a good start. So what you want to do is you want to find your weight in kilograms, uh, which is your weight in pounds divided by 2.2, or you can Google it and figure out what your weight in kilograms is, or you just have a scale with a weight in kilograms. So let's use an example of a 100 kilo rider just because it makes the math really easy and super simple for everybody to see. Um, if you weigh 100 kilograms, and you are a complete beginner. You've never touched a board before. You haven't windsurfed before. You haven't foiled before. Um, then you want to. You're going to want to be in that your weight plus thirty to forty liters. So that means that you would be looking at boards that are 130 to 140 liters. Uh, if you already had some experience and you're going into it looking for a board that's going to last you a little bit longer and potentially be a, a light wind board for you later on as you progress, then you can bring that down to about 20 or plus 20 plus 25. And then you're at 120, 125 liters. Uh, and then what's nice about that size, about that plus 20 or plus 25 is that it, it really uh, complements well, a smaller sinker board eventually. So it's a board that can stay in your quiver in the long term. So once you progress past what's what you can do with that plus 20 board at this point, you know, we're a pretty confident rider. We're making all our transitions or basically all our transitions. Um, and we're looking for something a little bit more nimble and more fun for a little bit higher performance riding. At that point, you can go to your weight minus 20 to 25 liters. And I really like to insist on that kind of progression because I find that the boards that it, it, it can be tempting to go from your plus 20 board to a zero board, for example. It's the same as your weight in kilograms or a little bit smaller. Uh, but I find that you, it's still a big board. So it's, you're not really gaining all that much compared to your uh, plus 20 board in terms of maneuverability and in terms of feel in the air. And you've lost all that you're going to lose in terms of stability, if not more than you will with the smaller board. That's the minus 20 board, if that makes sense. So I think I don't really see the point in those kind of mid volume boards that are around your weight in kilograms, unless you're in a very specific case where you're doing freestyle. And at that point, it's much easier to land tricks and kind of pop out on the foil quickly if you have a little bit more volume, uh, especially if you're learning tricks and learning jumping. So for that, absolutely. But for everything else, I think that that, you know, plus 20 board and the plus and the minus 20 to 25, that makes a really, really good quiver uh, that covers, you know, a tremendous amount of conditions. Once you become really proficient, you're probably going to be riding that minus 25 board in basically every condition. Um, and then of course you can go with the full sinker. That's a lot smaller than that, but again, it's a more, it's a much more limited case. You need to be living in somewhere that has a lot of wind and you need to have a good bit of talent and have a decent cardio to get those boards up on the foil. So I think, the yeah, go ahead, Luke. You mean you got to be in the Caribbean, man? It's not even that windy here, actually. I think, uh, you know, I was yeah. riding, I had more ease riding smaller boards back home because okay. whenever we go, it, it's windy. 
Um, and even if it's not True. super windy, you have pretty strong gusts. So you use those to take off here. We yep. get a lot of, you know, 12 to 20 knots. Um, okay. which is not super windy by any means. This episode is brought to you by the Fit for Surfing program. If you're looking to take your wing foil skills to the next level and ride those waves like a pro, listen up. Are you tired of watching others make it look effortless while you're struggling to keep up? Well, I have a game changer for you. Introducing the Fit for Surfing program. It's a comprehensive training program designed to transform you into the wing foil legend you actually are. Whether you're a beginner or an experienced winger, this program is tailored just for you. So why should you consider the Fit for Surfing program? First off, it's not just about hitting the gym or doing random workouts. It's a holistic approach that covers surf-specific exercises, flexibility training, and mental conditioning. This program is being used by pros from around the world that are currently on tour, including our main man, Max Robinson. So to get started, click on the link in the description and use the discount code WINGLIFEPODCAST50 to get an amazing 50% off the first month when you sign up. Your dreams of conquering those waves, lakes, and rivers and becoming a true wingfoiler can become their a reality with the Fit for Surfing program. This is your chance to unlock your full surfing potential and join the ranks of those top surfers worldwide like those on tour. So don't miss out on this incredible opportunity. Get ready to wing like you've never winged before with the Fit for Surfing program. Click the link in the description and use the discount code WINGLIFEPODCAST50 to get started today. And it's pretty steady, so you don't have that, you know, in Montreal or Ottawa or, or Lake Ontario. If it's 12 to 20 knots, it means that it's 12 knots all the time and you have 20 knot gusts. Here, if it's 12 to 20 knots, it means it's either 12 or it's 20 knots. There's, <laughs> there's not that much guests. So it ends up being a fairly um, constant amount of wind. So you really need something that can take off in, in very little wind. Um, so either a bigger wing to go with that smaller board, bigger foil, you know, there's all kinds of options. But um, yeah, so all to say, you guys don't have it that bad, especially for wind foiling. <laughs> <laughs> no, fair enough. So I guess our consensus yeah. right away would have been either a sup foil board to start off with and then also or that or a windsurf foil board to start. Um, the boards that we had at the school this summer, I would have preferred 145 liter and that can kind of cover a decent range of weights. Um, so that gives us a basic overview on boards. Now, what about foils, guys? And Ladies, what did we all kind of start on? My clients were starting on something around 2000 for the front wing. Um, I think they even started on a windsurf fuse, so it was 70 long, 300 centimeter tail, um, and then the mast itself um, at the school, I, it may have been a 70, but I've seen beginners start with 85. Um, that's what I saw. The big difference for clients that I've taught was obviously a big, nice front wing. The longer fuse will add to a bit of stability in that big tail as well. And then not only can you keep that foil, you could keep it the next year if you, if you want to downsize, um, but then you're also able to use it for that like light wind if you want to go out for a light cruise and 10 knots, something, because that's what we get in Ottawa sometimes. Then you can get away and you can keep that. And, uh, and depending on your weight, then obviously your, your foil size will relate to your weight as well. So I know that Guy and, and Tommy and Peter back home were all like varying weights. So Tommy and Guy might be on an 1800, as were me, it's the same relative to a 1500. 
So it's kind of the same thing. I kind of ride a, a one foil quiver right now. I'm still riding 1550 version one from Armstrong. That gets me out in anything from like 12, 13 knots all the way up to 30. Um, so for me, I've just been riding that, but then I, I might be looking at a slightly bigger guy to get out in lighter winds or, uh, or a slightly smaller one, obviously, when the waves get bigger at Sandbanks, for example. But that's my experience. Um, what about you guys? Yeah, uh, Luke, I, I've uh, worked at it a slightly different. Like I started like on uh, the big 2000 and that was my go-to earlier. And then it quickly went to the 1800. And then I got the, I made the mistake of getting the 1550 V2, which was a beautiful wing. And the rest of the summer, I was just on the 1550, like last year. And this year, I sold off the 18, the 2000. I don't want anything to do with them. Too slow. Um, I can get going on the 1550. So what I do is I just put a bigger wing on. I'll put the six meter when the guys are on five or an eight meter. And, and now I, I'm on a 1400. That's my biggest front wing. And a thousand yeah, fair enough. For yeah. So. Fair enough. Yeah, everybody has different different kind of ways to get in the kind of riding that they like. And so that's cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I, I think just the, the as we go through and we kind of mention what foils we learned on, it's important to mention as well that especially now with all these high aspect foils coming out and stuff like that, um, sure. that the surface area is actually not that great of an indication of how big a foil is because if you're on a 1400 centimeter high aspect foil, for example, Guy, then that's more, more similar, uh, or that's pretty similar to about an 1800 or almost a 2000 lower aspect foil. Yeah. Um, what ends up being, what ends up the being a better indication. Sorry, the, the 1400 is a 7.5 aspect. So mid aspect. Okay. Yeah. So you're, you're probably pretty close to that 1800 range on that, in that case. Uh, compared to a lower aspect foil. Um, for anybody listening right now that doesn't know what the aspect ratio is, it's basically the width of the wing, of the wing, so the wingspan, which is if you measure from tip to tip on the two sides, by the cord. And uh, the cord is the kind of the length of the wing, forwards and aft. Uh, and basically, the higher the aspect ratio, the thinner the wing is and the more drawn out it is. The lower the aspect ratio, the more the closer it becomes to a square. So if you have an aspect ratio of seven and a half, as Guy was saying, that's kind of like a mid-high aspect ratio. You can see wings go up to 10. You can see wings down to like four and a half. Um, and I think that, you know, kind of like that seven area has been pretty popular these days. I think it's a good mix of, of a good efficient foil and a uh, decent amount of speed, decent amount of maneuverability and relatively easy to ride. Once you get closer to the other two extremes, it generally it becomes a little bit more technical to ride when you go into the higher aspect and it becomes a little bit too slow when you go into the lower aspect, uh, unless it's a very thin wing, which again becomes technical to ride. So all to say, um, when we talk about surface area, it's important to keep in mind the aspect ratio of the foil. Uh, and I do agree that when we're learning, generally speaking, kind of like a mid aspect or a mid lower aspect is, is a really good foil to learn on. Um, I think that often we, especially for you, Luke, that's, and for Carl that are teaching people how to foil, um, 
you know, there's that absolute beginner kit. That's, you know, the absolute easiest thing possible to fly on that makes it most accessible possible. And there's the first kit that somebody's going to buy. And those two are generally different things because that absolute beginner kit, as much as it's fantastic for the first 10 to 15 sessions, after that, you either are going to sell it or you're going to feel kind of limited by it. So if we're into a foil uh, in a school context, um, you can go even bigger. You can go, you know, 2,500 um, for an average Let's size sling, The Slingshot 99, which I think a lot of people have, have experience on, uh, where yes. does that fit in that description? Yeah, so the Slingshot 99 is, is actually a really nice wing. Uh, I'm very fond of it for learning. Uh, I know that some heavier riders have felt that it might not have quite as much lift as it should for its size, but I find that it's a, a really nice uh, combination of stability, um, decent amount of glide for what it is, and it's a very predictable, very easy wing um, to work with. And it has a good amount of lift, so you, you can be going quite slow and, and pop up on the foil, which is a lot less intimidating when you're starting. Uh, and it doesn't overlift when you go too fast, which is also nice. So I think that would be a fantastic first wing to learn on. Um, as uh, Guy kind of feels, that's a wing that, you know, after the first 15, 20 sessions, when you kind of got things a little bit more figured out, it's a little slow. It kind of feels like, you know, not that much excitement. Um, mm -hmm. and so having something a little bit smaller, a little bit thinner, it could be more fun. And that's where it, it's really cool to have people like Carl and like Luke giving lessons. Cause then you can learn on that absolute beginner kit. You can have somebody that's mm -hmm. showing you how to do it. And then once you're ready to buy your own gear, you've already got that first couple of steps in. Um, and to be fair, that's kind of the same in windsurfing. It's the same in kite surfing. You don't really buy the gear that you would learn on in a school. So it makes sense it would be the same in, in uh, wing foiling as well. Mm -hmm. Thanks for that, Tom. Um, Chris, yeah, no question. any thoughts on the Sab foil Moses 1100, which is a 21 square centimeter, would work well? Would that work well for a beginner? Uh, is that for me or are we all hoping? Or it can be for anybody, anybody who rides Sab foil. I haven't tried them. I know that Noah does. So what are your yeah, thoughts, sir? I, I have that foil. That's kind of the classic light wind slash beginner foil in the Moses, aka Sab foil lineup. And it's not the biggest anymore. They've come out, they've recently been coming out with some bigger wings, aka foils. Um, but I would say that is a great wing for a beginner. It's not high aspect, it's kind of mid aspect, but it's nice and big. Um, so you know, one thing maybe that we didn't really touch on yet is that, um, that one of the major factors that will contribute to progression is going to be um, optimal conditions. And so just as a general rule of thumb, like the more wind, the better, pretty much um, <clears throat> within reason, you know, there's obviously a hurricane in Florida right now. And so I've seen some people on the forum saying, well, let's meet up and ride the hurricane. And, <laughs> That's obviously not great for learning, but no. you know, if other people are out foiling, um, oh, here's a great rule of thumb: if no one is out foiling, that probably means you, you should, should not be, be out foiling. <laughs> That's right. And even with a big wing like the like, like the Moses Sab Foil Eleven Hundred, um, yeah, if there are people out buzzing around, that's probably pretty good wing to learn on. It is a light wind wing, and so as you progress. 
to a smaller board or if you're a lighter rider as well that might actually be too much but i would say it's probably a good start point that's what i ride day to day here on salt spring island in the like 10 to 15 knots in kind of like mellow conditions that we have uh, and i also have the 950 which i want to say is like 1350 cm a little bit uh, higher aspect ratio um, and you know those two wings complement each other quite well um, and so on the subject of foils and quivers i mean Unfortunately, there is a lot of gear to get if you really want to do this the right way. Um, but the good news is that you, over time and with experience, can build you know what we call a quiver, which is kind of a series, you know, a, a group of um, you know wing wing sails or a group of wing foils. God, man, we need some new uh, terminology here. Um, you know, you you get complementary gear that you can pick and choose for the conditions. Um, but yeah, it's all basically back to those conditions. So if you're learning, definitely recommend more wind versus less. It's going to make things much harder in light wind. Um, and the other general tip that I wanted to share with people um, is that, you know, this is obviously like a very outgoing, friendly community. Um, maybe it's like thanks to windsurfing or something. I'm not sure. But if you go and look at our cousins in the prone surfing world, they're having a terrible time getting beat up in the, <laughs> in the lineup and mm. all sorts of crazy weirdness. Mm -hmm. So we're fortunate. Yeah, I'm saying wind. Sorry, Grant. Limited got, resources. Uh, yeah, sure. That's a great perspective, actually. So <laughs> what, what I'm trying to say here is that everyone, for the most part, is pretty friendly and welcoming. And we also like to support beginners um, for a couple of reasons. And my number one tip for anyone who's like, oh, this seems really intense, very technical. What are all these numbers these guys are talking about? Why do they, why do I need so many foils and wings and all the rest of it? I would, my number one tip would be to go down to the local spot, um, see if you can befriend someone there or even on the forums. There's lots of people out there who are obviously paying it forward and wanting to share their experience. And if you can get, if you can find one person that can kind of mentor you, they're going to definitely be able to guide you through some of the gear decision making, which is, I think, going to be a, you know, can be a bit of a barrier for people. Um, you know, hey, at the beginning, I said this was my second season. Actually, the truth is, it's my third season. The first season I spent trying to, I spent trying to get the right gear together. I spent a whole season picking and choosing different mm -hmm. gear and making the wrong decisions because I didn't have that mentor. Um, and so, yeah, I would recommend going to talk with, you know, making a friend basically who can help you uh, make those correct decisions and also choose the right days to get out on because obviously we've got limited time and you know if you can only go a couple times a week it's best to go out when it's actually rideable um so yeah happy to answer more questions about the sad foil lineup oh i got one more comment actually about um choose how you know at a top level when you're looking at gear or making considerations obviously there's lots of brands out there and you know maybe we could just say that they're all good for the sake of the argument let's just say all the gear is good out there but there's still lots of choice and i would say that one factor in choosing could be how much of that gear you're seeing in your local community and market because pretty soon you're going to be wanting to sell or buy used stuff 
And if you're in a SAP foil community or um, a slingshot community, or if you go, I think out on, in Ottawa, there's a lot of go foil, but I've just never even seen any go foil here in BC, you know? Um, same in Hood River, I believe, lots of go foil. Um, anyhow, I chose my foil brand because my mentor, when I was a kite foiler, was on that brand. Lots of people were riding that brand. I knew that I would always be able to sell and buy with ease. And so I think that's another kind of like soft scale consideration when it comes to like choosing gear. So in summary, find a friend and two, maybe ask them what the locals are using because you're kind of going to participate in that uh, micro economy basically. Yeah, that's a good point, Noah. And, and thanks for mentioning that wind strength as well, because it is being sold as a light wind sport. But um, we can ask some of our our buddies back here in Ottawa, Tommy and Peter, like sometimes we're getting some pretty, pretty light wind. But Thomas, like, what was the best wind for you? Maybe we'll go to Guy because you guys are, are uh, on yeah. the, uh, the taller and uh, big and tall category. Well, we... Um... Um, yeah, for, for me, that uh, as a, a true beginner this spring, it was the only time I had my breakthrough was when I got my, on my fourth session, I actually got a windy day. And it was probably 20 knots and it was immediate. And then I was going right across the river and I was turning around, you know, falling and turning around, coming back all the way across the river. Before that, it was like, what the hell's going on? I was going up in way too light wind. And now since, you know, I go all the time in, in every wind and, and the foil I have is absolutely amazing. It's an Axis broad spectrum carve. It's 1850. It's, um, you know, it's a 10, 1060. So it's, uh, it's 106 centimeters long. It's a beautifully designed wing. And I will keep that wing forever as my light wind foil because it's just so smooth and it glides so well and it's so well designed. So I chose that foil brand for two reasons. One, because it's uh, such high quality and so well researched. And um, there's a huge range of foils you can get from that company. And secondly, I kind of want to follow in Peter's footsteps again and start building front wings and stabilizers. And um, the fuselage is very easy to build off. Whereas it would be next to impossible to build off, say, a slingshot fuselage with the um, octagon insert or a um, Armstrong, right? Very difficult to build. So sure. I, that's the reasons why I chose those, just really high quality. I'm going to be able to keep that wing forever. Okay, so, so we, we kind of covered... Oh, sorry, Tom. We ride everything we can, me and Guy and the guys in Ottawa, because it's... Yep. It's the wind is bad. <laughs> That's fair. So boards, we kind of covered that. We covered wind, most likely starting at about 15. Can we say 15 to 20 knots? Is that kind yeah. of a yeah, good minimum. broad consensus? Yeah. 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 yeah at least because I think minimum. I got going 16, 18 knots or something. It almost yeah. feels like it's too much wind and that's good to get you up and going. Um, so covered a little bit about foils. Uh, maybe. Yep. Sure. Yeah, I got one more thought before we wrap it on foils. You know, if sure. you're looking at, if you're, if beginners are out there looking at a mix of gear, you know, on Facebook Marketplace or Canadian wing foil oh. classifieds. Ooh. Ooh. Good plug, um, good plug, bro. Facebook, Facebook group, best Facebook group to buy your gear if you're located in, or near Canada. Um, if you're browsing the gear, 
I would say that there's two buckets. There's the aluminum gear, which is definitely going to be easier on the Good wallet. Point. It's more heavy. It's definitely more uh, resilient. You know, it can take a little bit more punishment from rocks and whatever else you might have in your local spot. Um, Not necessarily. Okay. Yeah, did you hit a, co- a coral Sorry head, to, Tommy, yeah. with your Armstrong? Oh, yeah. I, I railed the coral head at full speed with my Armstrong stuff, and there's no problems at all. It's way yeah. more solid than any... Um, uh aluminum kit that i've seen but uh i i do think that you're right that the aluminum gear is considerably cheaper and it makes it a lot more accessible uh and there is really good quality aluminum gear today which is great because the first versions Mm -hmm. of of the aluminum systems were really not that good um so the newer aluminum stuff the higher end like axis or there's a number of companies making good aluminum gear these days. And that's a fantastic first foil, especially if you're not in salt water. That's, that's a really good place to start. Um, yeah. And I think from the, from the perspective of somebody that worked in a shop for quite a few years, I think what's really, really important, and this is kind of similar to what you were saying, Noah, is to kind of look at what's available locally. What's your local shop selling? Um, what can you get support for? Who can you talk to that's actually used this gear that can kind of guide you in the right direction? It is intimidating. So it's it's so hard to know, um, and I think that often, you know, for me, um, suggesting gear to people, I, people often end up buying something that's a little bit more expensive upfront in order to have it last a little longer and to buy into a system that has you know more options for wings that fit what they want to be doing or fit the kind of sizes they are, you know, so. I think it's not a, if you're going to be buying a a new kit, uh, especially your first kit, the only thing I would spend money on is the foil. Everything else you're going to change. But the foil is really something that you could keep for a long time if you buy a system that, you know, is going to work for your needs a little bit longer. So despite the aluminum foils being deeper, there's definitely an argument for carbon foils um even as a beginner if you have the money to invest in them obviously it's not for everybody and don't let that stop you from starting the sport but just keep it in consideration when you're looking at that stuff hey yeah, tom all good points tom can i can i uh could could you expand for us on you made a reference to aluminum gear in fresh water or um you know vice versa and uh, that is a let maybe beginners might not understand the risks of using aluminum gear and salt water. How would you how would you explain that one? Yeah, good call, Noah. So, um, okay, so we're gonna start with there's aluminum is not the same as aluminum. So that means that there's high quality aluminum that has good anodization, anodization like Axis, for example, and you have lower quality aluminum um, like the Hover Glide system from Slingshot which is not to say that it's a bad system. It's actually a very good system and I I quite like it, but it's goal in life is to be an introductory system that is as cheap as possible while holding together fairly well and having a decent performance. So once you get into a bit of a medium price range in those access or even Saab for that matter has a, you know, metal fuselages, I think, are are they doing... um, I don't know if they're doing composite fuselages now, but anyways, the, the point is, is that once you, um, once you get a higher quality aluminum already, you're, you're going to have much less corrosion issues, which is kind of the big problem in saltwater. Um, this is thing that, you know, you're not going to experience basically at all if you're in freshwater, 
but if you're in brackish water or salt water, then definitely um, corrosion is a reality. Uh, and just because something is carbon doesn't mean it won't corrode. You can still have uh, kind of low quality stainless steel in the screws, or you can have all kinds of, of corrosion issues. The only company that I know of uh, that's really, you know, put a ton of effort into making things impossible to corrode is Armstrong. Everybody else has done a varying job of good to poor. Um, and there's a lot of good options other than Armstrong, especially if you use Tef Gel, um, which is a great product uh, that you put on the screws as you're threading them in. That'll really keep your foil in good shape. But if you're, uh, if you're looking for something that's just not going to corrode, the only one that I could really say has put a ton of effort into it is Armstrong. And that's because they use titanium instead of um, any sort of aluminum or any sort of stainless steel. Uh, and that's a foil. I've been riding mine for the last two years. I live on a boat, so I don't have fresh water to rinse uh, the gear with. So it's always in salt water. It's never been rinsed and I ride it a lot and there's zero corrosion on it. So if that's an issue for you, if corrosion is something that you're really serious about, that would be heavily my recommendation. Otherwise, um, a high quality aluminum and just using Tef gel and, and, you know, rinsing in fresh water once in a while is going to go a long way. It's going to be a lot cheaper as well. Yeah. Regarding the aluminum foils, like the mass market stuff from Slingshot or any other brand, frankly, uh, I've heard, and I've had actually back in the liquid force kite days, I had a liquid force foil. I did not um, really check on the screws. Uh, often enough maybe and my screws were a different type of metal to the other components and I guess that corroded and I had some of the pieces fused together and I've kind of seen that around with some people look you hey you just don't know what you don't know and if you find you know totally you work hard you save up you get the foil you get it you're having a great time focusing on progression and then before you know it boom your foil's jammed up and you're, you know it's, it's tough to work back <laughs> from there really um, so I guess the key tip for anyone with a foil like that would be to um what do you call it uh, dismantle it uh, every couple sessions re-grease it and basically just don't leave it for a long time with the screws all screwed together and assembled because that is a pretty good way to um create some problems for your gear absolutely good points guys good points what about we're, we're actually, we're, we just cracked the hour here. What about, uh, what about hand wings? What's everybody's Thomas and he, and, um, you guys learned on some Thomas, you settled on a seven, was it, or a six or a seven? I use a seven a lot. Um, Start off? I have a, fi okay. I have a five There's meter. Yeah. I have a five meter as well. And I do not like it. It does not have enough low end power. So I just ride the seven the whole time. And I, I will be switching my wings up this fall. And so I'm going to get a, a definitely a gruntier five and uh, probably another seven. Just as freshen them up. Okay. So at 150 pounds, I learned on the five swing from F1. I rode F1 for the first two seasons. And now that I'm riding for Jesse, I'm riding the KT wings and I was thoroughly impressed with their first line to come out um, I was pretty impressed how powerful they were how they rode I think we got kids back there or playing in the park but anyways 
So I, I'm, I have a five and a four. I do find the KTs are fairly well spread out. So I ride the four primarily now. I get away with fairly decent light winds with that four meter, but I'm 150. Um, so what about, what about everybody else? So I can say that uh, I'm riding, I started off with a 5.2 uh, that I got in the fall of a couple of years ago. It was a gastro one. It was cheap. I got what I paid for. I don't really use that one anymore, but I've now got a four and a six. I'm 155 pounds in Ottawa. So four and a six, there's, there's overlap between them, but there's definitely days where I'm thinking, you know, if I had a five, you know, I definitely like having the six for the light days and, and, and the amount of wind I was holding the four in the other day was crazy. So the, the range you can get out of two of them is huge. Yeah. But given that they, people talk about, you know, wings wearing out and, and, and bagging out after a while, I'm starting to think that uh, I'll get myself a five as well, because it'll uh, probably, you know, that that means I'm not going to be riding things overpowered as much. I'll be on the right size. It'll prolong the life of the other ones. I'll, I'll wear them all out eventually. So I may as well wear out the right size uh, and, and have, you know, we have such variable wind. Like today, I looked at it and it was good for six and then by the time I was pumping up I pumped the four because it was solid rode it for a bit and then the wind crapped out I mean our wind varies so uh, had I been on a five I would have pumped through the lulls no problem and I would have been a little happier in the gust than I was today so uh, but yeah. four to six I wouldn't go more than that although my neighbor does have a four two and a six five although he also wants to get something in the middle the only thing I can say is that I have a couple of uh foil wings now so uh, two different sizes i got a 1600 and about a 1250 i don't know the size exactly because i built them but uh but you know if i think i'm going to be overpowered i'll be on a smaller foil wing if i think i'm going to be a little underpowered i'll make sure i've got the bigger wing on under un, underwater so there's a you can kind of play with the uh, tweak your sizes by changing your foil up too cool cool I'm going to have to run, so I'll add, uh, I started with the Dewtone Echo, uh, which okay. is in the picture there, and I, I liked it. I got a slingshot um, version one without the boom, and I can't stand not having a boom as a windsurfer. I really, really uh, like having a, a boom to hold on to. So my third one is a 5.0 Dewtone Slick, and it's my absolute favorite. It's the newest one. But it also has an inflatable middle part, which acts like a third leg when you're trying to stand up. So you, you can balance using yeah. the, the wing upright and when the wind dies and stuff. So uh, I like that combo of the boom that I like and an inflatable part that I can stick in the water when I'm losing my balance. Fair. Fair, absolutely. Thanks, Carl. Yep. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, so um, thanks I for run, doing uh, this. I got to run, but uh, absolutely. No, thanks for joining us. Hey, yeah, Carl, guys. Yeah. Cool, guys. So, yeah, like like Peter, I have a four and a six, but I am um, for my ex my 200 pounds, I like to have the eight meter. And um, unfortunately, it's my it's been my go to a lot of times, um, even up to um, the range. I can stay on that almost into 20 knots sometimes and uh, as low okay. as 13 knots with a with a good 1400 to 1800 for, for underwater foil okay okay so 
Okay. So that covers well, um, a bit of a bit of wing. Sorry, Guy, you can continue. Hey. I said sorry, I cut you off there. No, no, no. Okay. So we're looking, and I guess for wings, it really does depend on what people like. Some like the boom, some like the short handles that Duotone's coming out with now that are the rigid handles. Some like KT's handles are actually the material handles, but they're quite long. I thought I wouldn't like it, but I actually kind of did. So I think for wings, especially, it also depends on what you like and what your budget is, because they do range quite a bit. Um, we were going to quickly go over leashes, helmets, I, impact vest. I have one Tom, I just have ahead. a quick yeah. thing to add on wings. Sorry. Um, sure. I think that Peter kind of touched on this a little bit uh, in kind of where he has the impression that often he's riding the four and he can maybe be riding the six. Like there's overlap. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of range on these wings. Uh, and then at the same time, he also feels like maybe a five would be nice because on some days uh, he'd just be that perfectly powered on the five. Um, and, you know, he'd be less overpowered and whatnot. And I think one of the things that attracted me personally to this sport right from the beginning is, is that really big range. Uh, that the wings have so it means that you can really get away with having so much less gear um, if you want to it, nothing stops you from having all the sizes like you would uh, in windsurfing or kiting but I do think that for somebody getting into the sport um, it depends a little bit on your weight but let's say for a smaller rider something around that four or five to five oh is a really good wing that'll cover basically every condition uh, and as you get more efficient you can ride that in fairly light wind and if you're overpowered you can still ride that until you know most days that are that are quite windy you know so that's a really really good size for that smaller rider as a one wing quiver and for a bigger rider you can be more in that six meter range maybe six and a half uh, and that again will be a really good one wing quiver for you so that's if somebody's looking to buy a kit and they're not ready to think about you know what's going to be the next wing that I buy with this? What's the next foil that I'm going to buy with this? Um, if they just want to have like one setup and just know, okay, I'm going wing surfing today. This is what I'm using. I don't need to think about it. Then those two wing sizes are kind of a good ballpark for you. Um, otherwise, if you're starting to put wing quivers together, I think it's really, it kind of becomes a little bit complicated because there's wings that are very powerful. There's wings that have really good low end. There's wings that have really good high end. Um, so my suggestion would be try to stay within the same brand, whichever one that it is that you're riding. Um, and ideally within the same model from that same brand and space out the wings by at least a meter, probably better a meter and a half to two uh, for most brands. And, you know, if you're thinking about changing the wing for something new that you really like, make sure you try it first or you talk to somebody that's ridden the wings that you're used to riding and now is going to be riding these new wings just to make sure that it's going to fit into your um, quiver of wings the way that you think it will. Because you can very easily have a five meter, for example, that pulls more or has better low end than some six meters or a four meter that has almost no power, but is much more stable than some three meters in high winds. So just kind of, yeah. Uh, and Noah, you're asking who's the on rider here. And that, that's me. If you have questions about that, maybe we'll do it in the end after we've chatted uh, about other stuff. Well, cool, thanks, Tom. No worries. 
so that does like I, I think I did my first two seasons and I only had a five meter um, that did fine. This year was actually the first year that I had a four just because I was able to get two wings for um, for the sponsor. So I, was, I just tried the four and I ended up figuring out that I can get away with the four most of the time just here because we had we had we have decent wing on wind on Vancouver Island in the summer from both lakes that I was at. Um, most of the time you're hitting 16, 18 plus. So I was fine on a four, but thinking of that, maybe next year's quiver could be a five and a three. Um, Absolutely. because I, I could get away with that three and 16, 17 knots. And, and it's amazing the difference. Like we all think that, that if I did thoroughly enjoy having a smaller wing, um, it's just for, for surfing, for all those aspects of things, when you get to that point, like. It was unbelievable to have a smaller wing there. So that was pretty cool. That was pretty right. cool. Well, Actually, uh, sorry, I just thought of one more thing as you said that. If you don't mind, I'll just say it quickly. Sure. Um, yes. That I think that three five five meter is kind of the perfect smaller rider quiver. Um, the three five, you can hold on to that until you know thirty to thirty five knots. Most people aren't riding when it's windier than that, so that's really a great top in. And the five meter with a little bit of proficiency, um, if you're light and have a you know, decent light wind board and, and foil, you can be getting up in 10 to 12 knots of that. Um, so that really covers a tremendous range with just two wings for a bigger rider. That would be kind of a, maybe six and four, six, five and four, something like that. Um, maybe even a seven, depending on, you know, on the brand and, and how it is seven, four, five. Um, so those are kind of, you know, if you want to go for the best bang for your buck and cover the most possible conditions that you can. I think that the three, five, five is a really good quiver for a small rider. And then something in that four to four and a half, and then a six and a half to seven for a bigger rider. That that's really the two golden quivers, I think. Okay. And I want to next time. Yep. Hey Luke, I want to mention mm. um, handles. Yes. A little There's bit. so it's much. I, I just had the thought cross my mind. Maybe what we'll do is geek out on wings um, in the rest of the stuff next time. I don't know how much sure. time everybody has, but what yeah. we could do, because there's so many different wings, depending on hand wings, depending on what you want to get into. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do a, a take two of this because it was a good success. Um, and I'm sure it's been an hour and a half. There might be some other people that have to jet, but so what we could do is that, and even keep leashes, helmets, all that kind of stuff for our version two, at least this time we did a really good cover on boards foils started yeah. off in the wings but i guess if there's any q a or any kind of crosstalk we could do that and then we'll probably wrap up in a few minutes and we can just book another one there's sure. a few people that um were mentioning that they're just getting into the sport and wanted some information i don't know if they're still around but if they are maybe this would be a great time to, um if there's anything that you you didn't hear and you wanted to hear or if anything was unclear uh, definitely speak up it's been a little bit of a circular conversation with people that are a little more experienced but i think it's really important that you guys speak up if uh if you're still here noah you um you joined halfway through or do you have any any questions or comments or anything hey uh thanks for inviting me to speak i'm noah from santa barbara california and i joined because my sister uh invited me and been really stoked to learn the sport here at Ledbetter, our local beach. And I'm more just uh, listening and really nice to be a part of this nascent but awesome community. I have a 120 liter 
with a uh, a um, a five meter, a six meter, and an eight meter, and a two hundred twenty or or twenty two hundred uh, FCT foil on a uh, F one FCT foil on the seventy five centimeter mass, and just getting through the touch and go stage and beginning to foil a little bit. But yeah, awesome. nice to hear you guys chat. Absolutely, thanks nice. for joining us. Yeah, that's a great setup for where you're at, I think. And that, that should uh, keep you going for a little while there. You didn't mention how much you weigh? Or maybe I just missed it. Oh, he's muted. Oh, must unmute. Oh, there we go. Sorry, I missed the question, actually. Could you ask that one more time? Yeah, I was just wondering how much. Oh, he's asking how much he weighed. Uh, sorry, I'm on a mobile, so it's kind of funky. I'm uh, two, I'm about 205 pounds of 90, low 90s in the kilos. So, and, and we get light wind here at Ledbetter. That's why I went for the eight. And I've noticed that since I'm learning, I'm really inefficient. So I kind of dump a yeah. lot of power. So it's like, it's like I'm a really inefficient engine. And uh, I need all the need all the power I can get. So the eight's been great. Beautiful, beautiful. That all makes sense. Um, and did you have any questions before we hopped off here? Thanks for sharing, Noah. Right, right on. Really appreciate you guys doing this. Yeah, hey, absolutely. Okay, maybe not. So what I'll do is I'll throw this up on the on the wing classifieds tonight once Zoom finishes the recording. What we'll do is we'll book a take two. Uh, so what we could do is everybody here, if you want to throw in maybe a time, we could try even for next Wednesday if the same kind of time works for everybody. Just do an hour, uh, maybe eight to nine again, and um, talk about wings. We can go over a little bit about leashes, what everybody likes for leashes, because that's always that was the kind of first thing we thought we could get away with and then realized, nope, we can't. <laughs> so leashes, uh, even going into some basic stuff like uh, impact vests, even too. So we can throw for some people just getting brand new into wind sports. What, why would I use an impact vest? Will this foil ever come close to hitting me? What about helmets? I had a buddy that was at, on the Northern Lake here. He wasn't wearing a helmet. Um, he was on the water, even water, like positioning yourself. If it's getting windier, where to be up or downwind of your board. He happened to be downwind of the board. The board was light. It flipped. The foil caught him just above the brainstem and it sliced right to the bone and they took him to the hospital. So now he's going to wear a helmet, one that's lower cut to the back. So that's something we can talk about too, as well. Just go over some of that safety stuff that in windsurfing, we may not have had to worry as much about, but now we got this big giant weapon underneath that we have to respect. Um, so what we could do is maybe cover that next time as well. So, but thanks a lot for joining us, guys. I really do appreciate this. This was fun. And um, we'll see you guys all next time. Cheers, Luke. Thanks for uh, hosting this. Great idea. Looking forward Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Cool. All right, guys. Thanks, Luke. Absolutely. See you guys. Yeah. All right. Cool. Enjoy your night. Bye. Bye.